Pickaxe. Welcome back to the stage of history. This is where I'm going to add music from Soul Calibur. That's Soul that's, Calibur? Yeah, is, is that particularly epic music? I've never played yeah. Soul Calibur. Oh my god, yes, it's epic music. Why would I have played Soul Calibur? Because it's on the Dreamcast. It's a fighting game. And like it's a two... great fighting game. Is it better than Power Stone? It's a different, that is no, because Power Stone is the best fighting it's game. It's a different type of fighting game. Power Stone is a brawler style like Smash Brothers, whereas uh, Soul Calibur is a one on one like Virtual Fighter yeah. and Tekken. So, quick thing about Drake, since we're on Dreamcast, and since I don't think this episode will fill a whole episode anyway, uh, <laughs> did you ever play. So, I had a, a game that I didn't realise was an obscure game on my Dreamcast that I really liked uh, called Tech Romancer. So that's also on the Dreamcast, isn't it? Or is that the one you're talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had it on Dreamcast. So I haven't played it yet. I've got the Japanese version because the Japanese version also includes online. Yeah, I've I've got the Japanese version now. Nice. Um, not on emulation. No. On a on that a, doesn't on happen. A working Dreamcast. Em- that I totally have emulation. 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 Emu- it's when you massage <laughs> emus. That's what I to, to extract I've their, never heard of emulation before. To extract before. their semen for um, All right. <laughs> artificial insemination of female emus. Well, this this went into a dark place very quickly, didn't it? We started talking about Dreamcast. I was, I was just quoting Soul Calibur. Welcome to another episode of Video Game Movie Podcast, which has started in a very odd fashion, <laughs> thanks to Jamie. <laughs> Um, but yes, my name is Roy Jocelyn from Cyberpunk Studios. With me is Jamie Evans from Impala Films. Say hello, Jamie. Hi guys, how you doing? Yeah, and as you may notice, the sound is a little bit different this episode because we have, uh, well, we're recording on our own separate microphone so I can get nice and close and we can do ASMR like this. Please don't do that, that's far worse than what I did. Is it? Oh, you did do ASMR in a previous episode, it was horrible. No, I mean, it was worse than the emulation joke, but that that was... Put your hands together, milking an emu. (laughs) That sounded like a rather wet clam. Oh, as that sounds. I'm literally going to throw up. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we're recording in a slightly more, well, I ha- I'd say professional fashion, but we're at my dining room table. <laughs> Which is maybe a slight upgrade from Jamie's bedroom. Yeah, well, in all the other VGMP episodes have been recorded on a singular mic, uh, USB mic, which is a very good mic, and it has done us proud. But um, at the moment, I'm using uh, professional sound recording equipment and a headphone splitter, so we're each, it kind of feels a bit more like a professional studio. It just doesn't look anything like one, because it's a dining room table and two small little boxes. Hopefully, you guys will like this setup. It'll be a little bit easier to hear, and it'll be easier on the edit. I don't know. We'll find out, won't we? Won't we, Jamie? Well, you will. Oh, yeah, that's true enough. Well, you'll find out in the aftermath of it if I'm like, this damn thing doesn't edit properly. <laughs> <laughs> so today's episode, we are doing The Cuphead Show. Come with me to the Inkwell Isles. It's just off the coast, maybe 29 miles. Where there's good and there's bad and then there's in between. With Cuphead and Mugman, you'll see what I mean. I scream and rockets struggle never. Welcome to the Cuphead Show! 
a brand new TV series on Netflix from 2022. It literally came out on the 18th of February. Uh, and this, three days ago. Yeah, uh, as of time of recording, it's uh, it'll be a week uh, from release by the time the episode comes out. And this is obviously based on a video game called Cuphead on the Xbox One. So, Jamie, have you I played actually, Cuphead? No, but I did look it up, and actually it has a longer title than that. It's actually called Cuphead, Don't Deal with the Devil. Yes. And no, I, I know literally nothing about this game. I'd never heard of it before. We'll get to it, but it doesn't... I, I'm not sure, other than having the characters in it, I'm not sure this series is actually based on the game in any way, shape, or form. So, it, I mean, it is, because... It came from the game. The game isn't based on anything else. No, I know, but like the game, <coughs> the game is a shooter that features continual boss fights. Yes, um, um, you'll notice. I don't know how much you looked into it. I've got the game, okay. so I mean, we could play it two player if you wanted. You can be Mug Man. You look like a Mug Man. Uh, <laughs> you look like a Mug Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, basically, a lot of the sort of core villains from the show are based on bosses from the game. Mm. So there's an episode called, uh, we'll get to it later, called Root Pact. And the three the vegetables? Ve- yeah, the three that's, vegetables on it. That's literally the one I watched this morning. Right. So that the three enemies in that are actually all the, part of the same boss mm. on one of the levels of the game. Yeah. And uh, the th- episode three, Ribby and Croaks, the two boxing, boxing frogs. frogs, they are also a boss in the game. Yeah, I figured probably they were. Yeah, you can sort of tell sometimes, but obviously... Mm. So you you ended up watching the show from the perspective of someone who hadn't played the game, and I I came to it as someone who had played the game. So it'll be interesting to see if or what sort of difference that Mm. might make to our opinion as we go through. Yeah, it uh, it was interesting to see that a few weeks ago now we covered Welcome to Raccoon City Mm. and we talked in that about how the release had kind of been buried by Sony. Yes. And they've kind of done the same thing to the Cuphead show. So you'll notice that even the day it came out, it wasn't put on Netflix's front page or anything like that. No, I didn't. You actually had to search for it. I had to do a search for it. And I was like, and I'd even added, because I'd searched for it prior with Netflix, when when they bring out new shows, like the new Resident Evil film that they're making, Mm. or series, I think it is actually, um, that's not out yet. They'll actually have it on their setup. You can look it up and find it and add it to your watch list. But yeah. obviously, it won't show you any information until yeah, they've it updated just says coming it. Soon, yeah, it'll it? just say like at the moment it just says Resident Evil 2022 coming soon. Um, so I've added that on my watch list, and I did the same with Cuphead. So it was on my watch list, and it still didn't come up. I had to yeah. go and do another search for it which, on the day of release, which was really, really a bit weird. Which, to be fair, when we get further into this. I think that's probably because Netflix didn't know how to market it. Because the thing is, who is this show for? And I feel like that's going to be a recurring question that I ask throughout this. Because, And I, I won't go into it too much yet because I want to actually get into what the show is first. Sure. Um, but when I started watching it, I was mildly impressed um, at first. And then once the... Im- once the nostalgia factor wore off... But what were you impressed by, sorry? By the fact that they were doing this classical animation style. And sure. It was, and they've even gone to the trouble of putting film grain over it yeah, and so stuff like that. Yeah, so they tried to match it quite a lot with the rubber hose style, as what that but, animation style's called. Yeah, but there's... Other than maybe a very, very small, teeny tiny percentage, I don't think there's an audience for this. Like, I, I, I assumed... I guess we're going to get into this now, but... Mm. 
basically you're relying on nostalgia for an animation style. Yeah. So you're aiming at people who would have watched that animation style. People like us who grew up watching old Disney cartoons, Looney yeah. Tunes cartoons, etc. Yeah, the original Mickey Mouse and yeah. things like that. Yeah. So I assumed it would have um I assumed it would have that look, but mm. a more adult sense of humour. But it actually is just a children's show. And the thing is, mm. children won't be nostalgic for that animation style because they've never seen it. Yeah, it's um, kind of a cross, isn't it? It's Yeah, and I it, see your point. I found myself, Beerman, the episodes are only... They're listed on Netflix as 15 minutes long, but actually, if you take out the credits, each episode is maybe only 12 minutes long. Yeah, I think 12 um, to 13 minutes is the average. I was struggling to get through 12 minutes of this show without being bored as fuck. Wow. Um... Yeah, like, beyond the first couple of episodes where I was still like, oh, look, they're playing those sound. I remember back in the day when they used to, you know, someone gets hit by a pan and it's like, Ding, you know, those sound yeah. effects that were classical animation sound effects and classic animation tropes. I was just like, this isn't funny. It's... Mm. it's. I will, I will argue one person is definitely funny. Consistently. The devil, the devil is yeah. consistently great so in I've this only, show. I've only seen two episodes with the devil in it. Well, well I've seen a few more. He's uh, always he's three. always brings the noise. I've se- I've technically seen three because he, he has a couple of appearances in the Roll the Dice episode. Yes, I like that episode as well. Um, but I've mostly only seen the first episode, which he's in, and then the sweater one. Yeah, so there's Carnival, the- which was the pilot, which introduces yeah. him. And then there's the one with the nerdy guy who, who's the devil's trying to have a party to celebrate perfectly running hell. Yes. But there's this one nerdy minion who's like, actually, sir, so, we're missing a soul. So you told me you finished that episode eight, didn't you? Which is uh, Sweater Off Dead. The one yes. where, yeah. Well, ironically, episode nine, even though it doesn't actually state as such, like, kind of directly, is Sweater Luck Next Time, which is a continuation oh. of that story where the devil tries to get the sweater off of Cuphead. The Invisible right. Sweater, we'll get to that. But yeah, so essentially there's a um, there's a continuation episode there. Yeah. Um, and I know that the series does finish on a cliffhanger, uh, oh, basically setting God. up a, a second season. Oh, Whether or not they'll get one, we don't know. They Probably not, not, but... <laughs> Jesus. I'm not, I'm not sitting and doing this again next year. Well, we can... Why not? Is there voice acting in the game? Yes. So is Cuphead got a thick New York accent in that as well? Cuphead doesn't really talk. Because it's the 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 dice. uh, What's his name? King Dice talks, and I believe the Devil talks. But most of them are via voice boxes rather than actual dialogue. All I I could think when, like, literally in the first episode when Cuphead starts talking, I was like, "Well, this voice doesn't." This is what made me think it was going to have that that more adult sense of humour because he starts talking in this thick New York accent. It's very much an adult voice, isn't it? For yeah, a... and it doesn't well, fit that animation show. style. Ah, banana oil. Paint the fence. Milk the goat. Catch the roof. It's the same old stuff every day. What we need is a little fun and adventure. Yeah, like when you think back to like Mickey Mouse and he talks like this and up here like, oh, oh. yeah, yeah. don't tickle oh. my balls. Ha <laughs> ha. He never said that, I hope. Uh, this week, it comes out Mickey Mouse as a collaborator with Jeffrey Epstein. Sidebar, another of his collaborators was found hanged like fucking hell. Something's what, Mickey on. Mouse's? No Epstein's, oh. anyway. So he come up with this thick New York accent, and of course, because we're doing this podcast, the first thing I thought was, bye-bye dinosaurs! Bye-bye dinosaurs! Uh, goodbye dinosaurs! Or Captain Lou Albano as Mario. Do the Mario swing your arms from side to side. Come on, it's time to go. Do the Mario. 
yeah, I, I feel like that's not as that doesn't stick in my memory as much as no, as um, bye bye dinosaurs sixty five million <laughs> years ago. Um, See, Super Mario Brothers movie still leading the trend. Yeah, and no, that just make you want to commit suicide. <laughs> um, <laughs> fucking Super Mario Brothers. Yeah, I just I just can't wrap my head around why they thought this show was a good idea. I'm hoping I'm wrong, like because they've clearly put a lot of effort into it, and I'm hoping it does well. But I just don't know who they think their audience is because once the nostalgia factor wears off, the actual content of the episodes is not enough to keep an adult audience around. Mm. And I feel like y- most young people, other than the ones who have an appreciation for retro, might not have any form of nostalgia, so they're yeah. not going to watch it. Because I don't think mm. kids watch cartoons that much anymore. At, at least <clears throat> not 2D animated cartoons. Like if you look at like Disney Channel or Nickelodeon or something like that today, it's a lot of CGI and um, live action, isn't it? Yeah, even Bob the Bill. Have you seen? Right, I, I assume, don't. I, I don't want to hear about Bob the Bill. I assume, like me, though, you, you're <laughs> no, aware of Bob the Builder from when we were kids. Uh, yeah, well, that wasn't two um, D animation, though, wasn't no, it? That, that was, was stop, motion. stop motion. But now it's CG animation, Ugh. and it looks fucking atrocious. Well, of course, it does. It's CG animation. I, and I, it's I, a I, very I, embarrassing side story. Why not? Um, <laughs> I used to be Bob the Builder. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, my not me. Luckily, it was my brother. He actually owned the Bob the Builder tie-in CD they released. Yes. But but I, I used to listen to it. Yeah. They had Bob the Builder's version of Mambo Number no. 5. Oh, no. No. Yeah. Well, allow me to make you feel less embarrassed. Uh, my first album ever... When I was a kid, I will, I will profess I wasn't 24. My first album when I was a child was Hanson's Mbop. That's a great song. Yeah, but it was the album. Is it just 12 repeats of Mbop? No, you had Mbop. Uh, you had The Man from Milwaukee. I remember that one. That was a good one. That was the mm-bop, final track on it. Yeah, and then all the other tracks. Bear in mind that Mbop was kind of like, yeah, let's go and have fun. And The Man from Milwaukee was kind of, I think it was a remake of someone else's song. But it was still kind of, yeah, let's go have fun. This is kind of cool. All the other songs were about how much I love my grandma. Are you and, kidding? Yeah, no. It was... I was like, oh, fuck me. I hated all but two tracks on that album. Because <laughs> yeah. one was Umbop and the other was Man from Milwaukee. The rest, Man. literally, it was there was one which is just the three of them singing about how much they love Grandma. Fuck. And I'm like, this isn't quite the rebellious rock and roll lifestyle I was led to believe. No. I mean, um, I love my grandma, but I wouldn't sing about it. Um, Jesus Christ. Umbop is a very uh, catchy song, though. It's, very good. it's one of those songs where you can't if you hear even like 10 seconds of it you will be singing it for the rest of the day there's a guy called 10 second songs or something Vincent mm. um, Anthony Vincent well he does a version of Mbop when he does he does a video which is 10 songs in the style of corn Yes, I've seen it. Yeah. He's the guy with the long hair and the goatee, isn't yes, he? Yes, he's very yes. good. He's very good at imitating Jonathan Davis <laughs> with the whole... Um, yeah. Is it Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of Corn? It is. Oh, I don't... Yeah, Jonathan yeah, Davis. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't do it, but you know the signature noise Jonathan Davis will suddenly start... Yeah, like, 
Have you ever know, have you ever listened to Corn? Mm, yes, yes. So I used to actually be into Corn mm. back in the new metal Free days. Free Corn, leave. This is the thing. They'd have a song where the song's progressing like a normal song, like verse, chorus, verse, chorus, mm. and then all of a sudden you'll have a bit where he just starts having a fucking stroke, <laughs> and he'll just be like, mm, ba, ba, da, ba, ba, mm. and yeah, you're like, does, yeah. what? Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? I can't, I can't imitate yeah. it, but you know what I mean. I know what you mean. <laughs> Just like, what is happening? Jo- I tell you what, what I do is wrong st- with you, Jonathan? I, I tell you what, do you corn- need help? I tell you a corn song I do still like, and yep. I, still, I still have it on shuffle on my phone. Is their version of Word Up? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Twisted Transistor, I like that one as well. Oh okay. Yeah. What about Freak on a Leash? Fre- Freak on a Leash, I was never that big into. Like, it's, oh. it's okay, mm. but I was never that big into. It. I liked. Um, they did one that Evanescence covered. Oh, thoughtless! Oh, okay. That's a pretty. When I was an angry gothic teenager, <laughs> when I was in the that mood, was, uh, that was you know a proper like yeah I'm angry and I want to let some anger out, girl. <laughs> ah. That and you know a bit of Slipknot. Yeah, yeah. Wait and bleeds there, best song. Ble- yeah, that was on Kerrang. So yeah. I've got that one. And before like- I forget was a good one. I remember the mm. before I forget video was the one where they didn't have the masks on. Um, yes. But you never actually see their faces, and it's like, oh. but they were also on the Rollerball 2002 movie. Oh dear, God. they were in that movie. It's a good movie. You know for a fact that's not. No, true. I've already reviewed it and said it was yeah, dire. I've, I've watched your review for it. <laughs> but I've never seen a man so close to taking his own life. <laughs> oh my God, it's it's oh, anyway. That's a different subject. So let's get back to Cuphead. So I I kind of agree with you that I'm not sure where the audience lies for this. I think what I'll do is we'll go through the episodes that we've got information on and then i'll add a little bit extra in terms of because uh, i think the other something that'd be good to compare it to would be mickey mouse uh, the wonderful world of mickey mouse which is a, a really recent it's on disney plus cartoon 2d animated cartoon of mickey mouse and mickey mouse is one of the pioneer characters of the rubber hose style this is the one that you showed me an episode of where yes. mickey and minnie try and help donald and yeah. Daisy, and while that, they that perf- lie about being ill. And obviously I'm extrapolating because I've not seen all the other sure. episodes, but that perfectly encapsulates my argument, mm. which is although that's still that classic animation style, that is clearly, the humour in that episode was clearly aimed at older people yes. who understand the, the absolute fucking... Uh, anxiety that is induced <laughs> when you just want to be left alone and nobody and, will and your friends won't leave you alone yes what did you do you said we were sick they'll be coming coming to take care of us you know how they are we'll never be alone they're here. Oh, Donald, here he is. And it, yeah, there's quite a few episodes that are like that that have, and there's always slightly more adult jokes in them. Mm. Uh, and I don't think. Maybe in bar one or two occasions, though I can't really name them, I don't think you'd really get those elements of real sort of adult humour in the Cuphead show. No. Um, it's very much easy for kids to get into. Um, but anyway, so let's start. So episode one is an episode called Carn Evil. Carn Evil. <laughs> 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 
that's <laughs> uh, we ruined that together uh, so Cuphead and Mugman are served pancakes by Elder Kettle before being told to go and paint the fence. Uh, they use a cannon to try so, and spray paint the fence. Just quick thing here. Yep. Is it ever established what Elder Kettle's actual relation to them is? Because how does a kettle give birth to two children? Also, he's a man. And they're so cups. Where's, so where's Mummy Kettle? And also their They're cups, cups. not kettles. Um, did I just say kettles? No, no, no. You said no. I'm just saying. I'm right. agreeing with you. They're cups, not kettles. Also, why is one a cup and one a mug, but their heads look exactly the same? Well, because one's yeah. You see what? You well, see where are, so the are holes, they full brothers? You see where the holes are forming in this already? I mean, let's be honest. This isn't meant to be a documentary. There's <laughs> secret life of cupheads. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's never fully established. He definitely is basically their father figure within yeah, it. He see, looks after them as a father. I, I but... thought we were going to get some... Because he's quite grumpy, isn't he? Mm. I thought we were going to get some, like, adult storytelling where, like, he was actually just some creepy perv who, like, abducted them when they were children. <laughs> and out there somewhere there is a mummy and daddy cuphead. Well, there is the episode just where he dresses like, up as a fairy. Gone. Yes, there is, yes. <laughs> to replace their handles. Yeah. Which oh. sounds like a euphemism now we've put it in the phrase. <laughs> I've come to replace your handles, children. That's one of the only jokes where they did go a bit adult, because um, they do the joke, don't they? It's like, and then my little baby handle was gone, and look at this huge man handle, like that. (laughs) And he literally changes voice, and you're like, well, that's clearly a metaphor for your dick. Yeah, yeah. In the morning, I ran over to my bedroom mirror, and there it was, my shiny new man handle. Um, so yeah, so Elder Kettle orders them to go and paint the fence. Cuphead, who is, so out of the two, Cuphead is kind of a not rebellious, but he's kind of a more of a Bart Simpsony character. He's a he's a bit of a rogue, and he'll do things just for the fun of it. Doesn't think things through. Yeah, whereas Mugman is a bit more terrified of everything and uh, sort of think a bit more thoughtful, a bit more intelligent, but also much more scared, which is where the differentiation is between the two. So Cuphead decides he's going to use like an actual like a galleon cannon to use, to paint the fence, which obviously just blows it up and ends up blowing up Elder Kettle with it uh, by accident. So he sends them away. They go and they find a carnival. Cuphead uh, starts playing a game called Soul Ball, where, which is basically just throwing balls into points holes and most of them are loses but he keeps on hitting the center which is a constant win i do believe in america that that game is called ski ball ah uh, yes yes i have heard it called that ski ball ski ball skater is that why people are called skater because they're born on a ski ball that's where they were conceived over a ski ball don't look at me like that jamie jamie you don't i don't like the disappointment on your face you know what? If you were to shave your beard and just keep the moustache, you could be Elder Kettle. <laughs> One time I'd shave my beard off, and so I did it in stages to see what different facial hairs would look. So like, mm. I left myself with some mutton chops at one point. I tried the Hulk Hogan moustache at one point. Nice. Uh, you have never seen anyone who looks so obviously like a rapist. <laughs> like even, even I looked in the mirror and was like, I would arrest myself. <laughs> if, I, if I was just walking down the street, I would expect cops to just jump on me yeah, and be like, like, you're going to jail. Where are you going, uh, sir? A, must, a moustache like that, you're clearly a villain of some kind. Um, something about the moustache, isn't there? Like certain moustaches, you're just just like, mate, there's something wrong with you. I don't know how Hulk Hogan pulls it off. I he, do- just, he doesn't. He, do- he does somehow. <laughs> so he plays the ski ball, keeps on winning. 
uh, a telephone. There's a character who's a telephone. He comes back every now and then in the show. Um, Yes, he comes back in the Dice episode, doesn't he? Yeah, it's like an old-style telephone, though. Like, And I mean literally the ones that would hang on the wall and you'd have a separate earpiece that you held to your ear and a separate part to talk into. I I always think they look a bit like stethoscopes for some reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember there's a Marx Brothers uh, joke in Horse Feathers where they go into a dive bar to try and... Uh, pay for like to try and buy football players for their college and while they're in there harpo's trying to like play this uh like the one-armed bandit um gambling machine yeah slot machine yeah yeah and as he goes to try and play this guy goes hey what are you doing i'm playing this machine like pushes him away and he's like mm, whatever he takes his coin and puts it into the phone then then pulls on it and then listens to the receiver and he's just like <laughs> and nothing happens and the guy's just like what an idiot and then all of a sudden the phone rings Harpo picks up the phone and it starts spitting out coins right <laughs> just pays him out every time he plays but yeah that's a Marx Brothers thing we're talking about proper films now after we talked about the Crimson Pirate in a- Uncharted again we, again clearly we don't know our audiences either no well yeah <laughs> hey, hey video game fans do you also like Marx Brothers movies <laughs> and the Crimson Pirate from 1956 <laughs> but the only is is a lot of these shows are like that we said that about Uncharted it was very much like a classic 50s movie mm. but made for a modern audience yes it's like, and they seem to do that a lot with these shows and Cuphead again is a 1920s animation yeah. but made supposedly for a modern audience yeah um, there does seem to be a lot of this attempt to return to classic genres rather yeah. than actually lean heavily on the genres that mm video game is establishing yeah somebody uh sorry i know there's a lot of sidebars this episode somebody somebody told me they'd heard that uncharted wasn't doing very well at the cinema do you know if that's true i don't know if that's true doing fairly well i know that our episode isn't doing very well i did hear (laughs) nobody seems to care about uncharted maybe it's not doing well maybe it's not i did discover just this morning on my way over here actually that Welcome to Raccoon City has only just been when it came out here in December. December, as we're now nearly at the end of February, mm. um, it has only just opened in Japan. Wow! Uh, but opening in Japan has took its worldwide gross up to over thirty million dollars. So it, it's it has the, made its money back. It's more than it's made a profit, not yeah. a huge profit, but a profit. But it has made a profit. It is not a complete bomb, given the. I don't know why I'm defending this film because it's not a great film, but I just, I just feel that given the limitations that were put on it by the studio, it's done quite well. Who, who, who clearly had no faith in it to begin with, and the fact it had to be filmed during COVID nineteen, mm. um, I think it's I, it just pisses me off when people are like it's a complete bomb, it's a complete failure, and you're like, well, actually, considering all those limitations, it's done all right for itself. Yeah, uh, uh, to be honest, people are quick to say things are bombs without actual evidence well, for I, it. I feel it happens a lot. Like I, they go, oh, this this bomb. It's like, well, it made a profit. Yeah, it didn't yeah. make like multi billions in profit, like Avatar or whatever, but it say, still made a strong profit. I feel like now, unless your film makes like Avengers Endgame level money, yeah. people just go, well, that bombed. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, well, no, like it's all relative as well. Like, you know, if it's a, relative to your budget. Yeah, if a film only cost five, if a film only cost five million to make, but it makes 20 million compared to a film that costs, say, 200 million, but it only makes 210 million. There, then the like, smaller budget has done was better. the more profitable film. Yeah, and it, and with less um, with less risk. 
Yeah, it blows my mind that people uh, people seem to just overlook that fact. Yeah, I mean, most people don't want to get into those sort of details, but it's still it's frustrating when they they don't want to look into those details, but they're like immediate bomb. <laughs> it's like no, well, um, the new Lord of the Rings isn't even out yet, and I've seen countless videos writing it off as a bomb already. Yeah, and you're like, it's not even out yet. Give it a chance. Yeah, so we we I used to watch a, a, a channel called Nerdrotic, and you've told me you used to do the same, but I've gotten bored of watching him because it's like whereas before it was like oh I like these shows and I find that these are starting to become a bit problematic in the way that they seem to be going. Now it's definitely every video is just like, this is scum. This definitely yeah. won't work. What are they doing? Yeah. They just hate the fans. Oh, my and nerd feelings are yeah, hurt. It's like, is it out yet? No. Have you watched it? No. Then how the fuck do you know that it's a bomb? Don't get me wrong. The new Lord of the Rings, it looks like it's taking liberties in bad areas. It doesn't look like it's going to be particularly good. But I couldn't tell you it's definitely bad because I, mean, I, I haven't seen it. I should clarify that I hate Lord of the Rings anyway, so, so I won't it doesn't be watching you. it. Yeah, well, I, I was already, as I say, I was already burnt on um, Star or Star Trek. Well, they did to Star yeah. Trek, so I'm not overly like if they burn Lord of the Rings, it's just another one burnt. Yeah. You know, it's um, one bites the dust. <laughs> at a certain they're point, doing it across all the franchises at, at, at the, the moment. At the risk of sound like I might be alienating half of our audience. Mm. Because I'm a nerd, I admit I'm a nerd, right? Yeah. But at a certain point, you do have to grow the fuck up yeah. and realise... I actually put on Twitter the other day, I was like, it's interesting, since getting into the film industry properly, like as in we're really seriously making a go of this, Yeah, I've watched far less movies <laughs> yeah. than when I wasn't in the industry. Well, you're too busy. <laughs> this thing, you're too busy and your priorities shift, Yeah, you know? I, once upon a time, I could spend a whole Sunday sitting playing video games. Yeah. And now I'm here. Yeah, well, we're talking about video games, though, so I'm kind of keeping you in the loop. Also, you didn't have an Xbox One, so that's not my fault, is it? There's... <laughs> anyway, the devil uh, gives us a musical number after mm. having stolen the telephone soul. And it, it, he is nice and devilishly camp. As I say, he is the best thing in this whole series. Yeah. Hello. Um, I thought it was Alan Cumming at first. Mm, it's not. No. But I thought it was. It's very much a mishmash of other campy, devilish characters like Tim Curry. Mm. Um, what was that? Alan Cumming. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, a little bit of the dude from uh, Lucifer. Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis. There's, you know, that element of camp, but sort of posh. There's, it's definitely in the, oh, it's, but it's, it's played so well in this series. If this series was to continue, I'd want more of the devil. That's definitely where I think their strengths lie. Um, but yeah, he gives us a musical number and then he realizes that Cuphead keeps winning. So the souls are stopping coming down the tunnel into hell. He's losing souls. So he goes up there. There's this line here. The fans, they love me. I'm like, I love that. I love that quote. Again, nice camp, nice camp devil. That's where I want my devil to be. Uh, Cuphead then loses his soul, but Mugman runs in, grabs it, and stop, and basically saves his life before they run away. And we get another camp line from the devil. Ooh, I love it when they run. Which is great. I love, I love the camp devil. You love the camp devil. Come on, be honest. I mean, the the devil as played by Alan Cumming in God the Devil and Bob, is much more memorable than this, in my opinion. Oh, I haven't seen that film, so that's... that's... 
it's, it's a TV series. It only oh, okay. ran for one season before... Right Sounds wing, like Cuphead. Right-wing religious nut jobs had it taken off the air oh, okay, for, off. for offending their religion. Uh, but the devil is the best part of it. Like he, um, He's very camp, he's very posh, he's very emotionally unstable. <laughs> um, there's a great scene where he kicks off about heavy metal music. Right. They come to hell and he's got these classical bands playing. Right. And he's like, everyone assumes that that Marilyn Manson stuff is is what I like, but that all sounds like garbage to me. And you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the, it, basically at the end, Mugman tricks the devil into destroying his own soul ball machine, the souls escape, and the devil vows to get him. And that's the end of the episode. A lot of these episodes end on like a gag or on like a final line without a con- real continuation. This is more episodic. As a series. Um, I don't want to go into that much detail about every episode. That one's kind of an important one because it sets up the whole series. Um, and a lot of these, there's like, so episode two, for example, Baby Bottle, um, doesn't have anything to do with the rest of the series. There's no, no. continuing storyline no. there. It's just they find a baby on the doorstep and it causes havoc. Yeah. Uh, this is the best episode, in my opinion. This is the one that I actually remember. Right. Because um, it's, it's all old school slapstick humour hmm. um, for the whole thing. The baby is ridiculous like it's it's a proper it's very baby. tom and jerry isn't like it? it it's proper like i can't do the voice but you know what i mean yeah, yeah. like that whilst it's also destroying everyone and it's got all the classical tropes of slapstick where you're like right at the beginning you've got the setup of like um you know don't touch this radio it's my most prized possession yeah it also has the fu- it also has the funniest joke in the whole show that i've seen because it genuinely caught me by surprise so i actually laughed out loud while watching it which is um at first, the baby's only being demonic to Cuphead. Yes. And, if, and Mugman's like, oh, no, it's lovely. And then it starts showing its true colours to Mugman. And then Elder Kettle comes home, and you think, oh, he's, it's going to act all cute for Elder Kettle. Yes. And then it just rips his moustache <laughs> off. Yeah. And I think it surprised me because not only do you... Not only does it break what you think is going to happen, I also hadn't really processed that the the moustache would come off because he's a fucking kettle. Kettle, yeah. Um, and it's metal. Um, and it's <laughs> it's the way it just goes, in one fluid motion, just rip. Yeah. And there's this moment of silence where he's stunned and then just... Ah, <laughs> this little cutie patootie! That was the funniest one, although it's also got the first disturbing part of Cuphead in it. What, where they just abandon the baby on someone else's doorstep at the end? Well, that for starters, but also um, one of them... I can't remember now why all all these water falls out his head. Um, oh yeah 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 and you literally see it drain past his eyes yeah and i was like i understand that they're anthropomorphic cups but that's the equivalent of someone having all the juice drained out of their brain (laughs) yeah yeah. like all their brain fluid yeah 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 so that i mean so that was your favorite was it it was the it's the it's the most memorable one i i won't lie i literally been on this only came out friday today is sunday yeah I have forgotten most of these episodes already. Yeah, they're not it's overly incredi- memorable. No, it's, it's an incredibly I mean, forgettable show. To be honest, I'm only remembering most of these because I wrote them down. Um, episode three, Nerd. Ribby and Croaks. Uh, Cuphead and Mugman end up getting into an encounter on a boat with two gangster frogs. I thought they were quite funny. Um, yeah. You know, there was, it, it, across the board, these are all quite funny. I, I um, do, but I do not... appreciate, because uh, this is, uh, so the second one, the first one had two songs in it. Yep. counting the opening theme yes the second episode had no songs in it except the opening theme yep 
and then this one has a song in it again. Yeah, about I, their mother. The, the frogs are singing about their mum. Yeah, I do appreciate that it's kind of a semi-musical series. It's taking it, it's harkening back to the 20s, as I say. Mm. There was a musical opening to Cuphead as well. To the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, it's not the same music in, as in this. And no. actually, the visual style's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the game looks a little bit... I'll be honest, the game looks closer to... Nine, the 1920s animation than this does because it was all hand drawn and this is very much clearly digital. Is it um, clearly digital? Yes. They did a good enough job of fooling me. No, I, I noticed. Okay. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, it was too smooth and it didn't look like it had been animated by hand. Um, and, um, you know, I understand that it would have been more of a ball ache to do. But Lazy. it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> that's not what I'm getting at, but it does seem a little bit like if you're going to. If the whole idea of building the series is because you want to harken back to 1920s, then maybe use a little bit closer to their methods, like hand-draw the artwork. Even if you edit it in digitally, you know, at least draw it all by hand rather yeah. than digitally draw it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm just going to look for another episode that's kind of got a sort of series-important storyline. Because we talked about episode four where... Um, Mugman's handle falls off. Yeah, which I just want to point out, that one ends on the even more disturbing note, mm. where at the end of that episode, both of them shatter their faces. Yeah, because they glue their handles back on, they're really happy, so they take that, because they can remove their heads, can't they, by holding their own handles. Yeah. They, like, clink their heads together and their heads shatter, but the handles are fine. And their eyes are still blinking. Yeah, on the this floor. Is a, this is a body horror series. It kind of is. There's a few <laughs> There's a few episodes that have body horror. So yeah. um, the next one is Roll the Dice, which this was another the, memorable one, this I think. Is the, this is the... You said you were looking for the next important storyline. Yeah, this, this is that is one. Basically, the ones with the devil in are the storyline important ones. Yeah, and the others are kind of... They're kind of filler. Mm. I mean, they're fun, but they're kind of filler. So Roll the Dice. The boys are playing with Elder Kettle's Lucky Tyre. <laughs> I like the randomness of it though he has like the radio which is his number one prized possession but he also has a lucky tyre uh, but the lucky tyre rolls away and into a club now in the club is King Dice who is a dice headed person in a purple kind of mm -hmm. like a zoot suit with a handlebar moustache with a handlebar, handlebar moustache and he's very he has a song when he introduces himself and it's 100% blatantly Cab Calloway Anyone who's seen the Blues Brothers specifically will get this. Right. Cab Calloway, have you seen the Blues Brothers? No. Oh, okay, so Cab Calloway is an older man. Uh, he certainly was in Blues Brothers, obviously, um, who did the song Minnie the Moocher. Mm. And right towards the end, when the Blues Brothers are late to their own gig, he, in order to delay the audience getting rowdy, he goes, hey, do you guys know Minnie the Moocher? The song. Hit it. And then he starts doing Minnie the Moocher, and he's dressed exactly the same way, but he's dressed in white instead of purple. She was a low-down hoochie-coochie She was the roughest, toughest frail But Minnie had a heart as big as a whale Honey, 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 honey Honey, 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 honey Honey, 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 hon
and the way that song is even like the, the way that song is made like the 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 musical line and the the pace of the lyrics matches what El, uh, what king dice does in this okay. song uh if you put them back to back it's very clearly the same thing yeah. they've taken huge influence from cab calloway um there's a telephone the same guy again the same telephone that lost his soul in episode one uh, he's taking the challenge on this uh particular dice game uh, in which almost every single person wins so uh, he has to guess a song, which he does. He guesses the trivia answer and wins that. And then he has to just roll the dice to get... Basically, he guesses any a number, number, and any number will win. And he guess, he basically gets two sixes, and he's like, oh, you win, go through the door to the winner's, through the winner's door. So he goes through the winner's door, and inside is just a small room with a furnace on the other side. And when the mouth opens, it suctions out his soul and sends it to hell, and then yeah. a trap door opens up underneath him and his boots his body out, out. Yeah, and says, thanks for playing, <laughs> as he's uh, left out on the street. While they're continuing this sort of game, there's a poster on the wall that's only visible to King Dice. Uh, that Cuphead is being looked for by the devil, so that's an early indication that he's obviously, as well as the soul being sucked out, of course, mm. that he's working in cahoots with the devil. And Cuphead and Mugman roll in on the lucky tyre after trying to chase it. So he decide- he notices that they're the same person, so he brings Cuphead on stage and decides to play the game with him. Just so happens that Cuphead is the most annoying motherfucker <laughs> in this show. Of course. Yeah, so he's... And again, there is, there's so many shades of Bart Simpson in Cuphead. You know, it's just like, oh, I get a chance, and now I'm just going to talk non-stop. Now, just blah, 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 blah. Everyone in town can hear this, right? That's right. Now, first... We- That's for you, Jimmy. And you know what for. <laughs> so, Dice, you're an entertainer, right? I'm kind of entertaining, too. I got a joke for you. These two cannibals are eating a clown, and, uh, wait, how did it go? Uh, wait. Uh... <gasps> and to the point where it pisses off King Dice, but he just has to roll with it. <laughs> roll with it, you get it. Uh, because he's trying to convince Cuphead to play the game, win, to get his soul sucked out yeah. and sent back to hell. So King Dice fixes the competition. Cuphead then gets to the very end and he has to roll the dice and he rolls the dice so hard that they shatter. Uh, when King Dice tries to force Cuphead to win anyway, he's just like, oh, no, no, just because they shattered, that just means you win. That just happens, blah, blah, blah. As he tries to push Cuphead through the door, all the audience get up and like, hey, no, he didn't win. That's fair. That's it's fixing. Fixed. And they all start shouting that it's a fix. So Cuphead, in a very rare element of having some form of chivalry, I suppose, I don't know what the word would be, but he's just like, no, here's a fix, I'm going to go home. Decency. Yeah, so he and Mugman chase the lucky tyre, which smacks um, King Dice in the back, and they follow the the lucky tyre home. And the very last shot is King Dice going to see the devil, and the devil decides to replace him with his own assistant, his annoyingly dumb assistant, um, because he's always been a fan of the show. Uh, the, in fact, the assistant's just called Henchman. Yes. He yeah. hasn't even given a name. And that's the end of Roll the Dice. I'll be honest, the way we read these, cause, because of the type of show it is, we're not doing the humour any justice, but it's not exactly a laugh-a-minute series either. No, it's not very funny. The, the funniest mm. episode is the baby one, but again, it's it really is. like It's such a weird show. I don't... I don't quite know why it exists. I assume it was made very, very cheaply because mm. it's not like Cuphead the Game was a runaway success either. Like it was, it's not, yeah. 
It was a popular game, yeah, but it wasn't. But it's not it, part of popular culture. Like, no, no, it's not. I've it's never not heard Call of, of Duty level. No, it's not yeah, Call no. of Duty or Doom or anything like that. Um, I'd never heard of Cuphead until you went there doing a Cuphead show, and I was like, "Why? Why does that affect us?" <laughs> and you're like, "Because Cuphead's a game." I was like, "Is it? Yeah, is it? Yeah." So sometimes they do this sort of thing. So I've just got a Blu-ray of It Came from the Desert which is a 2017 movie based on a video game on the Amiga from 1989. I figure the reason they've used a game that's that old, because, let's be honest, no one's sitting there going, do you remember it came from the desert? What a classic. Everyone wants to play that game again. You know, I'm guessing the reason they did it was they already had a, a, like a, a prep script, and they just decided, well, how, what's the best way to try and sell this? Well, We'll just give it a name of a popular franchise we can afford to get the rights mm. to. And so they just managed to find the rights to It Came From The Desert and made and just called it that, even though the original script probably had nothing to do with the video game whatsoever. Yeah. It was just a reason to, you know, oh, but this is actually a franchise thing to hit niches like ours, the video game niche. Ah, uh, niche. Niche. Um, the problem is... This doesn't fit that mould either, because it's clearly not... Cuphead clearly wasn't something else that they decided to just quickly spin about 20 grand on or something to make it into a popular franchise. It's, it's It was clearly built from the ground up as a Cuphead show. Mm. I can only imagine it was a fan, like someone who, who obviously works in the industry, but happens to also be a massive fan of the, the video game. And oh, I love that. I love the style. I love the blah, 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 who really lobbied to get this series made. Maybe it got the, it, maybe it got there on the back of the fact that you do have things like the wonderful world of Mickey Mouse. And it was like, well, this could be Netflix's version. Maybe that's the way you'd get it. F- I don't know. I, don't, I, I just don't know shame. how you'd get it funded. It's a shame because Netflix don't publish their viewing figures. No. Because I'd love to see how many people have actually bothered to watch this. And I'd imagine it's relatively low because of the fact that they haven't even bothered to advertise it. On the front page. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's just not there. It's definitely not in the trending list, I checked. No. I remember the day Red Notice came out, it was everywhere on Netflix. Yeah. And this was like, it didn't have any viewing figures because it hadn't been released. Like, it literally just mm. come out. I'd, I turned it on at 9am yeah. that morning and it's like, number one in the charts today, how no one could have watched it. Number one like for Netflix is a big poster of it as soon as you power up your Netflix yeah. account. Well, to be fair, that's a... It's, fi- yeah, it's a, a I lot know it's of, a bigger feature, but at the same yeah, token, it's like there wasn't even a, a sliver of that. Yeah. Because there's, there's still a lot of people who, uh, like adults, who will not watch animation anymore. Yeah. Like, my dad won't. My dad will not watch an animated film at all, because um, cartoons are stupid, in his words. Um, he even hates... Uh, there's a bit in... Is it in Kill Bill? There's a bit where it goes animated for a brief section. Is it Kill Bill? I don't know. No, it's in Tank Girl. No, it's, I'm definitely not thinking of Tank Girl. I'm You're sure... You're saying your dad wouldn't have watched Tank Girl? Definitely not. <laughs> I'm sure in one of the Kill Bills, there's a brief bit where it goes animated, and my dad turned it off. Wow. Like, fucking hell, it's a cartoon, and turned it off. Really? Yeah, yeah, he will not watch cartoons. Jesus. Um, cartoons are for children. Um, so, you've got that factor. Tell that to South Park. But then, oh yeah, my, my dad don't care that no, that's no, full no, of no. swearing. My dad would be like, that's for children. It's, it's animated, it's for children. <laughs> Um, animation for adults doesn't exist in my dad's mind. Well, we um, should make him watch Captain N. But he, um, my dad feels the same about um, 
anything fantastical. So, like, Harry Potter, Marvel films, Star Wars... All that is made for children in his mind. So what, does he just watch Civil War reenactments over o- and over only, again? Only dramas and horror films are for adults. Right. So, like, my, my dad's favourite genre is crime crime dramas. Like, um, right. he loves gangster films like uh, Goodfellas, stuff like that. Right. Um, and he likes psychological thrillers. So he'll watch loads of stuff like that. Sure. But, like, I'll, I'll never forget, I was home from uni for a, a brief period with my girlfriend at the time when Thor The Dark World came out, the second right. Thor film. Yeah. And we were going to go cinema to see it. And, you know, we're getting ready to leave my house. And we're like, right, we're off to the cinema. And my dad's like, what are you going to go watch? And we were like, Thor. And my, <laughs> my dad was like, fucking hell. He was like, I thought you fucking studied film. You're supposed to have better tastes than that. <laughs> fucking a guy who can throw a giant hammer. I was like, he's not just a guy throwing a hammer, dad. He's the Norse god of thunder. And then he was to like... To be fair, that didn't help your case. And, no. And then he was like... Um, and then he was like, all of them films are so stupid. I mean, what's that one where a man turns into a robot? And I was like, what? Moonwalker. And I realised he was on about iron. Man, I was like, I was like, no, he doesn't turn into <laughs> Iron Man. He, it's a suit of armor that he was. He again, turns into an Iron Man a, again. That didn't help my case. Being no. like, oh. he wears a suit of armor. Of course he does. Like, even all the classics. Like my dad doesn't like like um, like even from when he was young. Like he doesn't like like Ghostbusters or anything like that. What about oh, Alien? No, he's not a fan of it. I tell you, the one he does make an exception for um, Predator. He he likes the first two Terminator films. Oh, okay. But they're um, set today. Yeah, but they came out when my dad was young. No, 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 that's what um, I mean. They were set They were set in the... It, they were contemporary, so they kind of got away with it. I'd imagine Predator could get away with it, too. Yeah, I don't... Because it's mostly I don't not got tech. Predator. Just, yeah. Yeah. You um, son of a bitch. You are one ugly <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> um... <laughs> Uh, we still need to do an episode where we do the whole episode as Arnie. Um, we we've we've we got need, to find an episode where it we, suits. We need, to, we need Arnie to make a video game film. Yeah, he hasn't, so, surprisingly enough, Sidebar, let's... What we should do, then, is we should pick a video game. i tell you what we should do. We should make... Um, have you ever played a game called Eat Lead, the Matt Hazard story? No. So, I've never played the whole game, but I've got it on my Xbox 360... Um, it's an indie game, I think. Eat Led the Matt Hazard story is... Unfortunately, it's let down by its gameplay. Because its gameplay is it's a basic standard third-person shooter. Right. But it's so funny. It's basically the Deadpool of games. Right. The, the idea is that Matt Hazard, who who is a fictional character... The idea is that Matt Hazard was a popular video game character in the 16-bit era. Oh, okay. And... As ga- basically, he's almost like Sonic, because as gaming <laughs> went 3D, his reputation got tarnished, because they kept putting him in shit game after shit game. And then What's that like Sonic for? And then this game, the one that you're actually playing, mm. is meant to be his big reboot, where he's being brought back as a super gritty oh, okay. action hero. That's and a cool concept. Th- th- there are bits where he, um, There are bits where he literally mimics Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, and the main villain is played by Neil Patrick Harris. Oh, right, okay. Um, and there's, he's basically like a video gaming champion, um, and he's basically using cheat codes to beat the game. 
But it is quite funny, but unfortunately, it's not actually fun to play. That's the problem. Oh, damn. Um, they yeah. screwed it up on the last hurdle. Well, it, it, either that or the game is just the ultimate meta game because mm. it literally falls victim to its own plot, which is that they're putting him in a soulless reboot. Right. And the game feels like a, a soulless, soulless third person shooter game. Perhaps then they should have just included the line I love the power glove. It's so bad. Oh, God. But my point was we could make that, put Arnold in it. Yes. And then we would have a reason to I mean, to if we had access to Arnold, I think we could still make probably better films. Hey, man, give it a little bit of time and Arnold will be available to everyone. Because uh, let's be honest, his whole comeback has not been the best. His, his, post, <laughs> his post-governator career is not as good as his pre-governator yeah. career. Well, I mean, he'll never reach those heights again because, like, oh, the 80s... No, I'm not saying anything about negative about him, but no-one's going to be that level of action hero ever again. No, no. It'd be like someone reaching there's, the heights of Michael Jackson. That just won't happen again too, because the, the, the culture doesn't support there's it There's too anymore. many girly men now. Too many girly men. Do you remember when he said that? Girl? No. Yeah. Oh, that oh, wouldn't fly nowadays, no, would it? No, this is this was during his governor campaign. He <laughs> literally he literally said, I think the exact quote was he basically said that the reason not to vote he was a Republican, wasn't yeah, yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He said, Don't vote for the Democrats because they're a bunch of weak girly men. <laughs> and I mean, he may not be wrong. <laughs> I mean, compared to I mean, you gotta remember Arnold was still buff as fuck when yeah, he was yeah, the governor. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course they're all weak girly men according to <laughs> compared to you, Arnold. Yeah, it wouldn't matter who he went up against, I mean, they'd all be a weak girly man compared to him. Unless I, I, it was maybe Hulk Hogan. I mean, to be fair, I don't want to throw shade at current Prime Minister Joe, uh, current President Joe Biden, but he is like the frailest man in the world. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I I I'd vote on uh wouldn't you rather have President Schwarzenegger? Well, I'd say President Schwarzenegger could take him in a fight. Do you know, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I want to see? I want to see a presidential debate where you've got Schwarzenegger v. Stallone. Since, right. we, since we never got the Stallone v. Schwarzenegger film we deserved in the 80s, let's mm. get the Stallone v. Schwarzenegger presidential campaign. I mean, that would be cool. Because America is basically just a giant reality TV show at this point, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, Well, I mean, they, yeah, so they, they did do a movie together, though. Yes, and it's not a bad no, it's, film. Is it Escape, Escape Plan. Plan? It's actually um, quite a good film. Yeah, it's got some really good ideas in it. It's mm. a little long. It could have been yeah. cut. I liked. <laughs> like how I we're reviewing that film. I, I, I do think it's the first film where Arnold actually speaks German. And you're like, how has it taken this many films for Arnold to actually speak German? He's spoken Russian before, though. Um, yes, I know. Because they did an Escape Plan too, but unfortunately, Arnold did not come back. Yeah, it's Stallone and Batista. Right. Batista's cool, mm. but he's not Arnie. No, I like Batista. Yeah, he's not got the same cultural cachet. No. But I, I do like Batista. I used to like Batista, Batista. when I was a wrestling fan. And Batista I like for him. the Gears of War movie. Oh, yeah, I've always still said... Ha- still want that I, shit. I have always said that for the Gears of War movie, I realise you don't know wrestling very well. No. But um, it should totally be Batista as Dom, mm. um, and Baird should totally be played by Chris Jericho. Like, oh, okay. Bear in mind, the Chris Jericho of the era when I was watching WWE, he had the exact same haircut as Baird, mm. and he had that same arrogant persona. Right. Like, literally, me and my brother and sister were playing Gears of War, and we were literally like, this is Chris Jericho in video games. It's form. very possible that he could have been the influence for it, because, I mean, none of those guys are weedy. They're all built uh, based on some hench well, motherfuckers. Did, not just hench. Like, did you see, there was actually... They've got uh, tree trunks for legs. Well, there, there was a guy who, um, like, some artist who's also, like, a 
biologist. Right. Basically drew what the skeletal structure of Marcus Phoenix must look like <laughs> under that thing. And it's not human. No. Like, it's To be not fair, they're possible. not on Earth, are they? They're on Sarah. Yeah. It's not possible to be that broad. Like, no matter, <laughs> no matter how many roids you do, yeah. um, you are not going to be Your that wide. Your bones won't support it, yeah. Their heads are... I like Gears of War, by oh, the way. Oh, no, I know. It's great. Out. But they, they are literally just masses of meat with tiny little heads on top that are like... <laughs> And they all talk in these gruff voices down here, do they? where they're like "frag out" and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, don't say fr- "oh, frag out." Frag out. That's what they say when they throw a frag gun. Sorry, out. I, I just had flashbacks to uh, noobs. Fraggers. Yeah, <laughs> frag it. Um, you get the, the locusts, even the locusts, all have deep testosterone yeah. voices. When you get the grinders, who are like grind like that. You know what would be cool? I know they never do it, but just adding Nemesis into Gears of War does. He would fit. He would yeah. totally fit. Yeah. I'm and a fan of putting Nemesis in any game. Do yeah. I? Yeah. Like what? Sonic. Sonic. <laughs> you telling me that would be cool as shit? <laughs> That'd be cool as fuck. I'm going to kill you, Stars. I, I, stars doesn't mean anything in Sonic, though. It needs to... He could change his name to say Chaos Emeralds. Rings. Rings. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay, now put him in... I don't know. What's a game that where stars would matter? Star Fox? Mario. 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 To be fair, Nemesis got more chance of catching Mario than he's got a catching. So, yes. <laughs> yes. I want to see Nemesis and Bowser team <laughs> Yes. <laughs> to fight Mario and Luigi. Oh, and he can do that thing he does in Resident Evil 3 where he puts a tentacle through Brad Vickers' face. <laughs> he could, could do Just that do that to, to Luigi. Do that to Princess Peach. <laughs> Oh, 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 please, the Japanese would love that. They love the deep-throating <laughs> thing. They put it into Resident Evil 3 remake, didn't they, with Jill? They have that ceiling yeah, crawler the, thing that sticks the, its thing down the her throat. Demus, yeah. yeah, which is just like, really? Yeah, and then yeah. she throws up the parasites when you have a green earth. Yeah, but it's, it's just like, dude, that's, that's can't, no. Can't you tell the show was boring? Yeah, well, yeah. let's let's continue with the show, though, because that's what people are not paying to listen to. So <laughs> Give us money, goddammit! Money! No, um, so the next episode is Ghosts Aren't Real. Ghosts Ain't Real! The boys are walking home from the cinema, having watched a zombie movie... Uh, and sat laughing about how unscary it was. Mugman only saw it himself three times. And as they go through the cemetery, the doors close on them because there's three ghosts that see that they're there. Uh, Mugman has this line. I don't like this cuphead. I'm allergic to dead people. Now, is that a good line or is that a worse line? The, I'll give it this. There are no worse lines in this. I didn't think there were either. No, it's, I'll give them that. There on, there's nothing on here that makes our worst line Hall of Fame. No. Which I think is only the second thing we've reviewed that didn't have any yeah, super the, bad lines in it. The original Resident Evil was so maze that there wasn't a bad line in it. Yeah. Um, this doesn't really have a bad line in it. Uncharted, we didn't find one either. Not officially. No, I don't think we did, did we? No. There was no line in here where I was just like, oh, fuck's sake. You know, like I have done with noobs and shit like that. Look, don't worry. It'll be just like the movie. You think you're going to be scared, but then it won't be so bad. Because why? Because I'm a big, strong man. Well, sure. But also because ghosts ain't real. So, yeah, they end up having this back and forth with a bunch of ghosts uh, and running away inside of a haunted house until they manage to escape. And that's it. Elder- oh, yeah, when they get home, because they've had to run right. through loads of forestry and shit, they're covered in twigs and they look like they've been through hell. When they arrive, Elder Kettle mistakes them for a zombie and attacks them before, and then mm. that's the end. You forgot to laugh, Jamie. Jamie? 
The laughing, Jamie. I, I don't. I don't think I've regretted agreeing to do this show this much since Starcade. <laughs> since noobs, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> noobs was good. No, it wasn't. I'm joking. <laughs> Next episode was Root Packed. It's the one we spoke about before with the vegetables. Um, again, like so, Ghost Ain't Real and Root Packed are again they're like filler episodes. Um, yeah. they basically have to fight off three vegetables who are sucking all the nutrients out of the soil and killing Elder Kettle's tomatoes. They eventually make Onion cry, so he peels when he cries, and everyone cries, and the crying from their tears... Floods the garden. Floods the garden and helps the tomatoes e- grow. Even though that fence was in no way a watertight structure. No, and then after... Uh, after the tomatoes have grown huge, the three big vegetables, like the villains, come along and they go, oh, we're going to screw you over. So they suck all the moisture out, kill all of the plants. And then um, Elder Kettle thinks that the three evil vegetables are actually his vegetables. Mm. So he goes, oh, great, now I can put you into my stew. And they run away Did scared. you hear referred to it as, though? No. So he keeps calling these plants his babies, doesn't he? Yes. And then he comes in and he's like, oh my God, you three, my three babies grew so big. And they turn, because it's established they're orphans, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they turn around and they're like, oh my God, we're not orphans anymore. Oh my God. Turn back and he's like, now I'll show you how I make my baby stew. My babies! You grew up to be so big! Hear that, boys? This old Jasper thinks we're his babies. <laughs> Looks like we ain't orphans no more. <laughs> it's a happy ending. <laughs> now it's time to make Elder Kettle's famous baby stew. <laughs> and you're like, what? That's a good line. Mm. That's a good line. We'll just do another couple uh, on these episodes. So, Cuphead Show's episode 8 is Sweater Off Dead. That was the so last, last one we saw. Watched, yeah. um, Kettle makes pancakes like he did in episode 1, but this time a pancake sticks to the wall, and when Mugman takes it off, it reveals an evil face that kills him. Uh, and then when Kettle turns around to see Cuphead, he becomes a skeleton and breaks apart. Cuphead mm. then wakes up, because this is a nightmare. Mugman's like, oh, you're having nightmares again. Right, we need to finish this. We're going to go and speak to the devil uh, and try and end this issue. So the devil is then having a great year in terms of the amount of souls he's managed to get. So he's celebrating when a nerd comes in, one of his, his basically his accountant, who comes in and goes, excuse me, actually, uh, there's one soul that remains uncollected. Yeah. And uh, the devil keeps trying to push him away. Like, he's like, no, no, it's fine. I've got that. We just have to... And just it's contract. an accounting error. Yeah, and basically the accountant is like, I'm the accountant and there is no error. And he keeps on doing it, coming back and annoying him. Uh, the boys get advice from the well sage now the well sage is in the game uh the well sage is but weirdly has very little relevance to the story you go to the well sage and it will in the game and it will tell you in rhyme which is accurate in the in the show uh it tell you in rhyme how many lives you've used okay so basically tell you how many times you've died uh so yeah that's that's all it does in the game whereas in this it seems to be given you know, a status of being a wise sage. Yeah, it tells them. Uh, it tells them that the only way to hide from the devil is to knit a sweater out of invisible yarn. Yeah, and that make him impervious to the devil. So Mugman does that uh, for Cuphead. The devil appears and uses lightning on Cuphead to try and strike him down, but it doesn't work. The lightning travels back and electrocutes the devil instead. And we get like a montage following this, where he's trying it multiple times. I'll get you, and then just electrocute himself instead. 
Um, and then he tries multiple ways of trying to trick Mug, uh, Cuphead into taking the sweater off. Yeah, which Cuphead nearly always falls for. Yeah, yeah. And it's only Mugman who's like, no, you can't take the sweater off. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Wait, wait. Uh, t- so one other joke that did work, even though it was a really obvious joke, but it did work, was, if you take off the sweater, I'll give you ten bucks. Okay. No, Mugman, your soul's worth much more than ten bucks. Make it twenty bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was a good joke. Um because he fails so often and he's unable to get Cuphead Soul at this point, he just burns his accountant's records instead and goes, oh, looks like we'll have to start all from the beginning. Uh, and so the ending is the accountant walking off having to redo the accounts. Mm. So episode nine, Sweater Luck Next Time, is actually a continuation of that. I did wonder why there was two sweater episodes back to back. So the devil is stressing out in his thrones that he didn't get Cuphead's soul. Uh, and he tries multiple times again, and he keeps getting electrocuted every single time. Uh, so the devil, uh, the devil's henchman says that he's got a new ride, like a new fairground ride to try and get souls from, called the Obliterator, which uh, will tear the clothes off of the riders as they wear it. Uh, weirdly enough, the devil doesn't get this yet. Like, he's heard about it. He's like, oh, that sounds great, whatever. And then just keeps going back on to... Um, to basically steal Cuphead's soul, even though he's still got mm. the sweater on. So he goes to Cuphead's house, and basically, she knocks on the door, he's like, right, I would have this out with you, and Cuphead's like, you can't be at my house, man. You can't be in Elder Kettle's here. Go round the back. Go round the back. Go round the back. You know, I don't want my dad to see you. So he goes, why don't you tell me to go round the back? I'm the devil. I'm no one commands me. It's quite funny. He's, he's, mm. like, he's just treated like a, like a backdoor boyfriend, basically. <laughs> Um, they go outside and he's just like, look, what will it take for you to take the sweater off? I'll do anything. Just tell me what it is. And they're like, well, we do need to paint the fence. And he's like, oh, paint the fence. Yes, yes, paint the fence, paint the fence. That's fine. Goes out the front and he's got the uh, paintbrush and he does like three dabs on this fence. He goes, yes, paint, paint the fence. Yes, paint, paint the fence. They're like, you don't know how to paint the fence, do you? Of course I know how to paint the fence. I'm the devil. So we'll paint the fence then. So he starts doing this huge sort of almost magic show mm. of like, I'll prove to you I can paint the fence. And he's got like the the um, the paintbrushes working by themselves to paint the yeah. fence in multiple colours and like does this huge glorious dance. And while he's doing that, they bugger off. Yeah. And they've been painting the fence by himself. Uh, when he realises that they've given him away, uh, they've snuck away, he decides to give chase. And... The two boys end up at a fun fair again, because why not go back to a fun fair where you lost your soul? Um, Cuphead reveals to Mugman that he actually took the sweater off at some point and can't remember where he put it. And he was just like, eh, I just thought it wasn't, you know, now the devil's been told off, I, I just didn't need it anymore. He's like, you can come back at any time. Um, but he's now not got his sweater on. The devil appears. And he's like, please, just take the sweater off. I'll do anything to make it take the sweater. Oh, well, actually, we're waiting in this, for this ride. For, and they, they want to go on the obliterator. And he's like, we're waiting for this ride. You know, maybe you can wait here in line with me while Mugman, oop, while Mugman goes and finds, um, like, something for me at home, like gets me a drink or something like that. He's like, fine, I'll do it. While they're waiting in line, they become, like, best friends. Uh, until they get to the top, and uh, the devil's like, oh, you're not so bad after all. Pats him on the back and realises he doesn't have the sweater on. He's like, oh, no sweater! So he goes to attack him, uh, and as Mugman comes back, he puts the sweater on the devil. Right. So the devil's just constantly electrocuting himself non-stop. He can't stop it. 
Um, and then the boys disappear off on their thing. And then the final of that episode is the devil sitting in hell with most of his black fur burned off. Uh, and he's, uh, he's lackey dabbing ointment onto him. And he's like, oh, oh, it hurts. Oh, and that's the end of that episode. Um, and the only other one I watched is Dangerous Mugman, which is another filler episode. It doesn't right. have anything to do with the devil. Um, essentially, Pork Rind, who is the, the pig, pig. Yeah, the pig who runs the shop. Um, they go in there and they're playing a pinball arcade machine called Dirk Dangerous. Uh, and they're both annoying the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. And because they're getting so, he's getting so annoyed with them, he's like, right, uh, you know what, fellas? I have a dangerous mission for you. Uh, if you just go here, I, there's a mission. I need something for you to collect for me. So they look at this thing. It says, like, I can't remember the name of it. It was a mountain, but it was like Mount Vesuvius. Not Mount Vesuvius, but it's clearly a volcano. Yeah. Like, well, this is a dangerous mission. It's something only we can do. So as they go out, Mugman is being his normal cowardly self. And Cuphead's had enough of it. It's like, you know what helps me when I feel, you know, scared of stuff? I wear Dirk Dangerous's goggles. And when I'm wearing his goggles, I feel like I could take on the world. So he puts them on Mugman, and Mugman gets this a huge foe boost of confidence. Uh, and it, basically their relationship switches, because Cuphead is now the one who is sensible, because he's the one who sees everything as it is. And Mugman is like, nah, it'll be fine, we'll just go on this adventure. It's merely a flesh wound. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but they fall off of a waterfall at some point, and Mugman loses the goggles without noticing. Right. So, like, in order to keep the adventure going, Cuphead just pretends that he's still got the goggles on. And so they're halfway up the bloody mountain, which is spewing lava... And he just, like, Mugman's like, don't worry, with these goggles on, I can do anything. He's like, but you don't have the goggles on, you haven't had them on for hours. Uh, so they fall off the mountain, they find this big golden egg. Mm. Uh, so they roll the golden egg back down the mountain, back to Port Croins. And they're like, we did the mission for you, here's your big golden egg. He goes, guys, you've been gone for three days. How long does it take you to get my laundry? They're like, what do you mean your laundry? And he turns the card over that he gave them, and it's also the name of a del- of a, a laundry service in mm. the local area. He's like, I only wanted you to pick up my pants. <laughs> They're like, oh, well, you got this now. Uh, we're going to play our arcade game. He goes, no, not the arcade game. And he just rips it off the wall and goes, here, take it with you. <laughs> I don't want it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so they leave with their arcade machine, and he's like, hang on, if they didn't get my laundry, what is in this thing? Because it's all wrapped up. And he takes off the wrapping, it's this golden egg. And then it cracks. And inside is this three-headed hydra dragon. Right. And there's like this little baby dragon. He's like, oh, oh, this would be good for my dragon stew. And then the roof of his uh, shop gets ripped off. And there's this obvious mama big, <laughs> huge hydra dragon who then burns his shop to the ground. Right. And uh, that's the end of the episode. There's two more episodes that I haven't seen. I watched, while I was recording them to the computer, I watched um, silently, because I didn't have the sound on, uh, part of episode 12. And uh, it's this is why I know that it it ends on a, like, to be continued. Uh, And in that third episode, there is a female cup character. She is in the opening. She's in the opening intro. And she, but in the, so basically they find her and she, decides to take them on this journey it again i'm only <laughs> from gathering what i've seen from what was silent um but she takes them on this little adventure through the city um you know st- stealing taxis and dancing across different things and things like that and at the end it turns out that when sh- they get caught and she has to disappear she's actually a ghost so she's yeah. just the soul of a cup 
um, which is sad ending. Uh, I don't know what the meaning of that is because, again, I haven't watched it with sound. Um, but, yeah, as she disappears through the wall, they get caught and then it comes up with this to be continued. Uh, I don't know. I don't think it's the devil. It looks like the police, but I don't know what the police are chasing them for because I'm guessing that was something that was explained in dialogue. Or it could just be the ruckus they were making. Um, But I have no idea what episode 11 is um, at all. Uh, I'd assume that... that... I'm going to assume it doesn't have the devil in it because we've already had two devil episodes in the sweater episodes and usually they have a couple of fillers between you would assume though that he's the series finale wouldn't you well you'd assume he's the series finale (laughs) but not the season finale the season finale should i say given that the main plot of the season has been about him trying to get cuphead's soul i think because the whole game is about him trying to get cuphead's soul so if they end that story arc then that will show yeah the problem is if this audacity of these motherfuckers thinking they're going to get a season well that's it the problem is is if it doesn't get a season two then the story is left on a cliffhanger. To be fair, that happens to tons of shows. Oh, I know it does. I know it does. And I know it's often a kind of semi-desperate attempt to try and keep the show going. Um, It's happened a lot with Sonic Satam. It happened with, um, well, you can name almost any series that didn't finish. (laughs) They've almost all got a cliffhanger ending. What could happen next? Even the bloody Super Mario Brothers movie had a cliffhanger. Oh, wait for the next film ending. And you're like, really? You thought there'd be a sequel to this shit? (laughs) um yeah that was before it was standard to have you know uh, what will happen next ending Uh, so actually super mario brothers again leading the way uh you know beat marvel to it a bit like they beat marvel to the disintegration that affects that jamie didn't agree with me on during the episodes (laughs) move on no no we must accept that super mario brothers is the best film one of the things i wanted to compare it to as i say was the uh, wonderful world of mickey mouse on disney plus and I showed you one episode of that. I will say, for me, it's the best episode of it. So that, that's you seeing Wonderful World, Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse at its best. Um, if you were to compare that episode to, say, the best episode, maybe episode two, say, of Cuphead, yeah. because essentially, the as you say, the the thing with Cuphead is it's it's going for the rubber hose animation style. But it doesn't have traditional rubber hose animation characters. They've created yeah. new characters from the game. Um, and basically infused it with that style. Whereas with Wonderful World of Mickey Mouse, you've got the traditional rubber hose characters, but actually the animation style on that series is up to is a lot more up to date. It's still again digital animation, but it doesn't look like a, you know it doesn't look as traditional as Cuphead does. Um, what do you think would be the best approach, or you know what, what's what's your views on the comparison? I mean, like I said, it was a more adult sense of humour. Mm on the mickey show um so it was more easy to watch the thing is it doesn't matter what you're i say it doesn't matter obviously i want to see something that looks good but i've always said i've said this for video games as well because a lot of people in video gaming only seem to care about graphics and they get obsessive over graphics i don't give a fuck what your graphics are like yeah as long as you're telling me a good story I do um, like graphics, but yeah, to put them as the be all and end all, you could have something that looks amazing and plays like garbage, yeah. and the game is garbage. It's why I loved. Um, but something can look like garbage, play really well, and yeah. not be garbage. So I really liked. I say really liked. I've only ever played it once. I really enjoyed a game in the mid two thousands called Deadly Premonition. Yes, which 
famously was or absolutely infamously. <laughs> or infamously was absolutely slated in all the reviews because yeah. it's graphic it's got the graphics of the previous generation it is a whole generation out of date yeah and, and the voice acting is terrible the voice acting is terrible but that's but, kind of what gives it its charm yeah and that's kind of intentional as well right. for what they were going for but like it's also got this ham-fisted combat system that the the actual creator didn't want in the game. It was the American studio who forced him to include combat. Right. But the story arc and the quirk of the game completely got me on board. Mm. Whereas you can take something that's got great graphics and like okay so like i've never really been into call of duty because even when you're talking peak call of duty like when it's a brand new fresh title mm. and they're like multiplayer and graphics i don't care what's the story and most yeah. war game stories are boring yeah i mean there's there's only so many war stories and like here's the thing i don't mind replaying similar stories again and again you'll have to no matter what you what media and no matter what genre you go into but the problem is is War stories in video games are, are, I mean, for me, they're super played out because yeah. there's been so many of them in such a short span of time. Yeah. Um, well, the I... only time I was ever actually impressed, I will say this, one time I was super impressed in a war game was um, Battlefield 1, and right. it was a moment. And it's films and TV shows are generally um, generate like their brilliance is generated by having amazing moments. Yeah. And video games... I think most video games also are supposed to have brilliant moments, but this actually had a genius moment in it, which was really emotional. Mm. And it's right at the beginning, and they never redo it, and the rest of it's just kind of a standard World War One game. Um, but that this opening moment is where you're in a tank, and the tank breaks down behind enemy lines. So they send out a pigeon, like a, like a messenger pigeon, to go back home. And for a moment in the game, you play as the messenger pigeon flying over World War One. Yeah. Fuck me, that's that, cool. That hits you in the chest because you're seeing planes blow up, windmills getting burnt down. You're seeing people dying. You're seeing the whole ruckus, the evil of war, um, all going on around you. And you're a pigeon. It's fuck all you can do. And so you're just having to fly over and watch people get massacred and have zero input into what's going on and that was a really powerful moment in the game mm. um again it's a shame that they didn't do more elements like that as the game went through the rest of it was just kind of like and now you are the man trying to sneak through a farm and collect parts and bolts so you can fix your bike so you can go home and all this sort of stuff like that and then you shoot some germans because nasty german people mm. it just kind of fell into a bit more of a standard but that moment i was like this is a classic gaming moment yeah um uh, yeah and i don't want to slug off all war games because no, they no, do no, have no. them like uh so in terms of call of duty there's only two call of duty games i've ever enjoyed which was the first Black Ops game. Mm -hmm. I liked the plot to that one. And also, um, Call of Duty, I want to say, I wanted to say one. It's not one, but it's the first one that got big, which is Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare. Um, I don't like most of that game, but there is a section in it that did hit me, yeah. which is where basically you're on a mission and you get told, oh shit, a, a nuke has been launched. Uh, you've got to get to the extraction zone in X amount of time, blah, blah, blah. And you're, you know, this is right in the middle of the game, and you're like, oh, well, I, I know how these games go. I'll mm. just make it. You get on the plane, on the helicopter, and as you're flying away, you see the nuke come in. Right. Uh, and the blast of the nuke downs your copter. Right. 
and you die, you die, basically. Mm. But it makes you play your last moments. So you're literally laying on the floor, bleeding to death, but you have full control of your character. But all you can do is, like, drag yourself along the floor. Wow. So you're, of course, playing it thinking, oh, I need to be, I need to find something to heal me or whatever. Yeah. No, you, you just have to die. Um, and that's, that, I felt was a good artistic moment because it was like this mm. is saying something about the inevitability of death and things like that. So that's uh, see, it's interesting we're talking about artistic moments in games that are absolutely fuck all like Cuphead. Um, and I know it is a it is a tangent to a degree. However, um, from someone who's played Cuphead, um, Cuphead is a very artsy looking game. It's actually much more uh, aesthetically correct mm. than the TV show is. But the game it, it's a side scrolling shooter. It's, there's there's nothing more to the gameplay than that and there's certainly no emotional moments throughout the game it's not really a game designed for that in mind but if you're going to take a game like that and make a show of it there really should be some more i don't know i I always kind of feel that there should be at least some attempt at an emotional moment i know it's a comedy but i I, I was kind of hoping that there'd be a it might help with the amount with the pacing of the series this, this goes back to who the fuck is this aimed at yeah, because it, this is, it's, it's like it's being aimed at children who will watch it episodically, won't remember what's happened from episode to episode, and they just want slapstick comedy, which is fine. But why is it in this animation? Is that the goal? Are they trying to get young people interested in I the classical it, animation the, style? Yeah, I think that might be it. And I think it's it's made by someone who loves that animation style, played the game, and you know what? I love this. I really want to do something with it. Yeah. Um, there didn't seem to be a, an audience in mind when they made it, other than I like this, so I want to make more of it. That to me seems to be what the impetus if has been for was, the creation of the series. If only it was that easy for us to get funding, eh? I oh, know. I, I like know. this. I want to make it. Give me money. Give me cash, bitches. Give me money. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much enough on Cuphead. Uh, yes. So uh, we say there wasn't really any lines that were so bad that they'd hit the, wor- the worst lines. So I, 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 we pretty much guessed it out. But what's what's you know, would you recommend this series? And if so or not, why would you or why would you not? No, I wouldn't. I just don't... I just don't know, like... Other than trigger... Like, watch the first two episodes, then stop. If you're that nostalgic for it, watch the first two episodes. That will be enough for you to get your nostalgia fix, Mm. and then stop. And if you're a kid looking to get into it... Honestly, dig up some of the classic Walt Disney cartoons or the classic Looney Tunes cartoons. Mm. They're far more entertaining. There is a reason that those characters became iconic. Um, you know, Mickey, Donald, yeah, yeah, yeah. Goofy, um, Bugs Bunny, stuff like that. Mm. I just... I, this is so forget. It's probably one of the most forgettable things I've ever seen in my life. Wow. Um, like I, I will not remember that we even watched this three weeks from now. Yeah, that is a bit of a shame. Uh, so, so it's definitely a no recommend from you. Yeah. Um, from me, see, when I watched it, I kind of enjoyed myself, and I was gonna recommend it, but having like when you watch it, it's not. I, I know you were bored. I wasn't particularly bored watching it. I thought it was all right, but it is forgettable. It is like other. The, the only thing I really remember is the devil and the king dice. Mm. Um, everything else, it could have been in another show, and I wouldn't have cared one way or another. Um, it needed more iconic moments in it. I like the fact that they tried to harken back to the old art style. I wish they'd hand animated it, though. I can't imagine if cost was an issue. That's why they went digital. 
um, because I can't imagine this had a massive budget. No. Um, a lot of the voice actors, as they do in most animations, but in this it seemed very obvious that there was the same voice actors doing multiple voices. Yeah. Um, it's okay, as I say. We, I, I'm pretty much in agreement with Jamie. If It's good for a few episodes. In fact, the ones I'd recommend would be episode one, Carnival. Um, I wouldn't recommend Baby Bottle, but Jamie does, so episode two maybe for that. Ribby and Croaks, episode three is pretty good. Um, and then after that, Roll the Dice, episode five. And that's it. I mean, even the sweater, like the dual sweater episodes are, are okay, but not brilliant. I would go, yeah, I'd just go with episodes one, two, three, and five. Yeah. Um, and that's more than enough. As I say, I haven't watched episode 11, and I can't speak for how good episode 12 is, but I can't imagine that this is going to get a second season. If it doesn't get a second season, episode 12 leaves on, you on a cliffhanger, that would be eventually unsatisfactory. So that would be a reason to avoid it until a season two is marked. Confirmed. Yeah, until, the, until they've actually decided that they're going to do one. Um, yeah, yeah, I'd watch it for a couple of episodes, but um, I couldn't recommend that people go out of their way to sit down and go, you know what, I'm going to dedicate time to this. There's yeah. nothing important in it. Um, but I do I do have a bit more praise for it than Jamie does. I do think there is some quality there. I just, like Jamie, I can't figure out who the audience is. Um, I think that's pretty much about it for Cuphead Show. Uh, thank you very much. My voice went there. Thank you very much for listening uh, to VGMP, uh, the Cuphead Show. Uh, we will definitely pick it back up if it comes in for a season two, and I know that Jamie is definitely going to shoot himself if they make a season two. Um, catch us on www.vgmovie.co.uk. Join us on our Discord, which you can find through the previous link that I just stated. And you can find us on our Podbean. You can find us on Google. You can find us on Apple. You can find us on Amazon. We are everywhere. We are like a bad rash. We're on Spotify, um, even though that's kind of uncool now. Is that uncool to be on Spotify because of the no, Rogan and um, thingy? No, um, it, that only bothers a minority of people. Okay, well, if you're in that minority and you don't like Spotify, we're everywhere else anyway, so it doesn't really matter. I don't like Spotify, but not for that reason. I no. Think, I think it's a really unuser-friendly app. I agree. I don't like the fact that I can't choose song, what songs to listen to. Yeah. It really annoys Like You can do it on a PC, but like on the app, it's pointless. So like, I would shuffle something random for you. No, I want to listen to this. Fuck <laughs> off. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's Spotify and that's everyone else. Uh, tune in as and when, and please do join us. We would love to ha- hear more from you directly. You can also find us on our Facebook. So uh, look us up on Facebook, Video Game Movie Podcast, and we've got the upcoming episodes all scheduled on there. And please, we would love to have more discussion there too. Catch you next time. Say goodbye, Jamie. Bye bye, dinosaurs. Bye bye, dinosaurs. Bye bye, Cuphead. Does that work? Yeah. Game-